Okay, the prediction winner of 2021 to start off the show. You smug prick. And the winner of the best of quizness, mate. I'm on top of the end of the year. Oh, we are at the end of the year nearly. It is literally so close to Christmas. I cannot believe where this year has gone. I know. But Crazy. It's gone in your back pocket, though. That's one That's one place it has gone. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up, a three-men-one-full podcast, everything wrestling this week we've got. And so, around the mic tonight. It's me, Ash. And I'm Russ. You winning the quiz, I'm still kind of reeling from it. In what way? Well, in the way that I just, you know, I'm, I'd like to think that I'm a good loser. So you're a uh, Mercedes? Like Job Squad. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Red Bull. You're <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it is. I mean, F1 is pretty hot right now. Well, the, the finale was amazing. Well. Full of controversy, but... It... Well, do you want to talk some of this controversy first? I mean, we, we're going to get to the wrestling, but... No, 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 no. Uh, no? No. Like I said, I'm a Red Bull because I won. You're a Red Bull guy. And you're Mercedes because you lost. Okay. Are you a Red Bull guy or? I don't like to drink. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the team. Oh, the team. Um, <laughs> not, not really. Well, who's who, who's your, who's your go-to? Um, well, because I went to their 50th anniversary, no, 40th anniversary, sorry. Not so long, uh, about a few years ago with the Williams. And, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling business and F one business lately is basically the same. So <laughs> it's funny you should have said fifty fiftieth uh, anniversary. So this marks the fiftieth episode. Yeah, and no top ten yet. <laughs> yeah, well, that's 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 like making its way to YouTube. So <laughs> one day, I don't know when, but it is coming. But yeah, fiftieth episode, man. Um, we probably would have had a lot more. I mean, we had quite a few breaks this week, so. This week. We have quite a few breaks this year. And this week. <laughs> and this week, yeah. Um, but yeah, I anticipate we're probably going to be red hot on it for 2022. We've got a lot of exciting things coming. But uh, before we get to 2022, we've got this episode. Hang on, 2022! 2022! What have we got coming up today, Ash? We'll be talking about the anniversary of Umaga's death. Oh, 12 years. 12 years, man. We've got Jeff Hardy's release from WWE. We're going to talk about Johnny Gargano and Kyle Riley's farewell from WWE or NXT. We've got the news on Chris Jericho being admitted into hospital and the impact that's had on the Fozzie tour here in the UK. Oh, God, we're going to talk about Cody again. <laughs> Wrestling has more than one royal family. And... <laughs> I know you're really upset about it, but we got to talk about it. But yeah, we'll be closing the show tonight uh, by talking about Ring of Honor's final battle, which I have uh, only just finished watching actually within the last 20 minutes. So, <laughs> hell of a show, but we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Before we before we really go into this, though, uh, AW Rampage saw a debut. Yeah. Taz is on Hook. Send Hook. And Hook has been sent. Uh, did, did you catch the match? I haven't yet, but I've heard that I've heard good stuff from Hook. Not it's, personally, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hook told you, man. He was no, it is. Look, it's not a long match. I wasn't expecting anything majorly uh, lengthy in that regard. But yeah, he goes one on one against uh, Fuego del Sol, and yeah, man, he's a chip off the old block. I can say that. 
You can tell he's Taz's uh, Taz's son. It, it's crazy, really. Like the guy is. I think the guy he's going to go far. I mean, he's he's what? I think he's born nineteen ninety nine. So he's twenty two. I think. 22! <laughs> no, I don't before, but yeah. Um, Crazy, though. Crazy. Did, you, did you catch the fact that it, his debut aired 30 years after the cinema release of Hook? Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Coincidence, maybe? or I, I don't know, but obviously there's some stuff that happened on uh, Dynamite. That. <laughs> there you go. Anyone that says AEW doesn't do any long-term storytelling, they've waited 30 years for Hook to be released before um, Taz <laughs> before Taz has a son and debuts him in professional wrestling. No, it was it was a decent debut. To be honest, he was hitting a uh, well, he hit a few suplexes, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, finished it with the hard Kajme, which uh, I think Taz said it was called the Red Run. I believe. Murder, backwards. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, potentially. Red Rum. Obviously, I was kind of half expecting Hook Mission. <laughs> it doesn't really sound as good as Taz Mission, but I, I imagine... If he did a heel hook. A heel... Well, well yeah, maybe. Because he's a heel and his name's Hook. <laughs> and just did some mission. He was uh, very, very, very impressive. I'll tell you what, he's a good-looking bloke. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he is honestly he's got he's, he's model material hook um, easily I think he'll be a face of the company if um, if they really really want to build him and, and do something with him but I think that's a big breath of fresh air for Team Taz because they, they do need it yeah and I think they gave him the right opponent because they couldn't give him well I mean it's in Long Island still and obviously from the crowd that AEW had this week the very heelish crowd yeah, uh, which CM Punk had, had obviously played up even more so to open the show. So he kind of fueled that fire. But um, yeah, Fuego de Sol was getting some booze. Yeah, and I say some booze. He was. <laughs> I mean, he really was getting booed. Well, how long ago was it when he beat Miro and had that contract signing, and everyone thought? Oh, oh, well, he didn't actually beat Miro. Miro beat him, and then Sammy came out and he got the contract anyway. Right. So he's not. He's, I thought he won it for some reason. That's no, got- Mira beat him because then they did another match a little bit afterwards where Mira was like, oh, so I beat you and you still get a contract. That's not how it works sort of thing. But yeah. Um, within the last few months, I think that was, uh, I think probably summertime. I want to say August, but I'm not too sure on that. But it feels, well, it does feel a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Awesome debut for Hook. Very excited to see what he's going to do going forward. So, we're going to jump in then. 12 years, Ash. Hmm. 12 years. Eddie Fatu, better known to the WWE Universe, WWE Universe, as Umaga and formerly Jamal. Did you know they're the same per- the same person when you first saw them? As- not, not straight away, no. I didn't. To be completely honest, it was... I, obviously, because the, the repackaging into Umaga was so completely different. Yeah to Jamal that it was you know when you know obviously it's it's, ob- it's very obvious but yeah. yeah at first no not at all and I'm sure there would have been people that did know straight away but you, I think you got to remember as well the time where this was taking place I was still I mean I was still quite I would have been what 13 or 14 I think so uh, when he was in Marcus, I was about 15 yeah so okay. um, about, it was, he debuted after, as that character after Mania 20 
22. 22. How many more times are we going to mention 22 today? <laughs> you had a bit about 13, 14. So, you know, you don't pick up on, on stuff like that so much when you're that age. But No, it's not like when um, it was Tenzai. Oh, well, debut. Was, yeah. <laughs> and then, then he, he got the Albert chance and they train. It wasn't, there wasn't any Jamal chance. <laughs> no Jamal chance, no. No, Umaga. Or as our... Uh, hometown, hometown, homeland hero, should say. William Regal would call him Umanga. Yeah, that's how I used to call him. <laughs> Umanga. Uh, st- I, I remember reading the news when it happened, but to look at it now and it was... I mean, obviously, we've, we've just gone past it. Today is the 11th... Uh, no, it isn't. Today's the 12th of December. And um, I think it's past it was on the 4th of December 2009, wasn't it? So... Yeah, twelve years, man. It's absolutely flown by. It really does. It, it is kind of scary, really. But we was going to talk a bit about obviously Margaret and um, you know, not a, a jump through that is his whole career, but really just you know best moments and just to sort of revisit the whole thing, really, because he had a very strange last twelve months with the company. I don't know if you remember the, I, the ins and outs of that. The only thing I remember from his last month or so was they made him talk. And they never had him talk. Didn't yeah. And it was um funeral with Punk when Punk had won the money in the bank the well, second time. Last match in WWE was the Samoan strap match. Yeah. With CM Punk, and that was when he was sort of stopping Punk from ca- uh, cashing in the money in the bank. Yeah, really strange. I mean, obviously through I want to say it was two thousand eight, I believe, but he was initially sidelined with a uh, PCL injury. And that sidelined him for, for many months. And then, of course, he, he did return, uh, took a loss against Triple H. And then he was kind of on another hiatus. We didn't see him again for a little while. All right. And then, yeah, once he'd come back, of course, yeah, at that point it was, you know, into better known for the, the rivalry with CM Punk then. But, yeah, then before you know it, he was gone. And later on that year, this is now 2009 at this point, but, yeah, come December, uh, the tragedy was reported he had had a, a heart attack or, or well it was it was two heart attacks that it had right. I, remember, I remember that i do remember the, the moment bit going online seeing it mm. and then it's just like i think he did didn't he do like a hogan tour in australia at the same time yeah i think you might be right actually there was something like that and but then, at the time he 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 because he, he his wife had found him um, but she apparently he'd, he'd been saying throughout the day that he'd been feeling a bit weird, a bit funny, and uh, he was just sat on the sofa. Mm. Wife went up to bed, came down a bit later, saw that he was he was asleep, so put a blanket over him. And then when she came down a few hours later, saw that he wasn't breathing and that he was bleeding from his nose. And of course, paramedics were called, and uh, they was able to restart his heart on the way to the hospital. Um, but he. Subsequently, then suffered from a, a second heart attack, which then, you know, unfortunately, that proved to be fatal. It's, it, what makes it all the worse is that you hear then everything come out afterwards. And uh, it's probably about a year or so ago, I think JR on his Grilling JR podcast with Conrad was discussing the, the situation and the events that led up to it. And JR goes through the PCL injury and he, he said, you know, torn PCLs and uh, injuries of the like that happen within sports in general 
it's almost second nature. Yeah. At this point, they're so commonplace within you know the sporting industry that essentially it comes down to how JR put it is that it depends on that individual and how they choose to handle it. And the way he put it, you know, Triple H, big injury, dealt with it, came back. Austin, injury, dealt with it, came back. uh, Michaels, you know, dealt with it, along with, you know, other issues that he was having with substance abuse and everything else. But, you know, dealt with it four years later, came back. The way he put it was that during that time he was struggling and I guess then self-medicating, which... Never. The toxicology toxicology reports had indicated was the uh, the reason for the heart attacks. So kind of, I mean, I, I'd imagine it, it's basically like an overdose. Yeah, of sorts, and it, it put a lot of strain on his heart, and you know that's what led to you know to the heart attacks. But Conrad asked him. He said, uh, you know, would you do anything differently? He said no. Jr. said no. He said that they did offer him. They offered him help. You know, mm-hmm. and he turned it down because he he thought he had it in in Jr's words. But uh, that's unf- you know, and it's unfortunate. So when when you learn those, when you learn that kind of side of the story, you know, and you see things like this that can be prevented, it's just it's a massive massive shame because as you know, as as also Jr saying, yeah, I think he said he was thirty. God, I can't think what he was. I think maybe thirty six, thirty seven. Um, something like that. He was he was mid thirties, so he was definitely young. Mid thirties, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely young. That we've still not really. I mean, there are big men. We see a lot of big men now that can do incredible, incredible things. You know, that are light on their feet and everything else. But Umaga was really one of the biggest standouts of big men and could just pull off things that really shouldn't be physically possible to do. Thirty six. Thirty six. Yeah. Mm. So. Crazy, really. Crazy that that's, you know, it ended the way it did for him. But in terms of his legacy that he left in WWE, I mean, Umaga is still so recognisable. And and he's been in really high-profile matches and feuds. Triple H, John Cena, you know, the Battle of the Billionaires for WrestleMania 23. 23! 23! Really, I mean, really, really big stuff. Yeah, um... A bit. Ups- I remember. I remember watching his first match with Cena at New Year's Revolution, 07, mm. and how dominant he was. But yet, John Cena did one quick roll up and won it. And then, <laughs> but then their last man standing match, which we talked about in the top ten Rumble matches. Yeah, and it's like how brutal that was, how bloody it was. So brutal. And yeah, it should have. In a in a way, it should have catapulted him to more in the future, but. Didn't get the luck after that. I think. Well, it was. Un- I think the injury. Mm. Apparently, Vince was really high on Umaga. Well, yeah, that's why. He, I don't know if it was the reason why in character they used him in the Battle of Billionaires and uh, for that storyline with Bobby Lashley for the next few months when they were using him in the handicap matches and having him as his help. Yeah, I think. I, I think that's exactly why, because obviously Vince at the time as well really high on Bobby Lashley and they were mm. evidently trying to push him to the moon. And so Umaga, I think the reason Vince loved Umaga so much was because, you know, here you've got this monster heel that genuinely is quite terrifying and can do incredible things. So, you know, it made complete sense. And 
again, like Umaga's face turn when that happened. If I'm, am I right in thinking that's when he was going to have the thing with the Jackass crew? Yeah, but then because of Benoit, it all changed. But he was still a face with that. I didn't think it was because I. Well, I, maybe it was, but I, I didn't know that it was because of the Benoit thing. I thought it was an issue with the Jackass crew. No, I've, I'm not. I think it, from what I've heard before, it was like Jackass crew doing it, and then the Benoit stuff happened. And I think WWE just didn't want because of the publicity. Mm. There might there might be a bit of Jackass crew saying no. Do you know what? In my mind, I always thought the issue was because of that segment on Raw. If you remember when Umaga oh, yeah. was decimating them, they just completely like no sold it and they were laughing and stuff like that. I always thought it was just because of that because it 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 kind of but in a weird way I thought that worked because it puts Umaga over as a beast that will beat down anyone doesn't matter who they are. But because they were laughing about it, no selling. Just but that's what I mean. The, the fact they were laughing and exactly, yeah. So doesn't that then downplay how much of a beast he is? I always, I mean, yeah, I always thought it was that. But that was that was a big thing because they even had the promotional uh, posters for it for SummerSlam, yeah, I believe and, it was, yeah, wasn't was it? Pro- yeah, like you said, because their heads were like in the sand. And yeah, I've, that must have been the same time as the second Jackass movie. I never saw the. Um, the trailer they did, I think it was like Great American Bash that year, or it might have been one of the pay-per-views before and had the had the jackass theme and yeah, it never happened. No. It's a shame really, but what did we end up with instead that year? I think it was it was a triple threat, yeah, wasn't Marga, it? Yeah, Marga, Kennedy and Kalito. Carlito it was, yeah. So I think Marga retaining the IC title. IC title yeah. I, don't, I don't remember the match itself, but I know I've seen it once or twice, but that's about it really. There's, there's a lot. We talked about the Royal Rumble match, New Year's Re- uh, Revolution, what was supposed to happen with Jackass, and then obviously then what we got instead at SummerSlam. What about <laughs> Santino Morella's debut? Yeah, um, bit weird. It was weird, but it, again, I, that's more Santino's story. But I think initially, because Santino's a, a genuine... I th- I don't I, I want to say he's a black belt in something, but I yeah, can't. he's definitely yeah because that was his character before in OVW. He was like a martial artist. Yeah, he's a he's a legit tough guy. But in in UF, um in um OVW he was Russian. No, oh, right, okay. So he's, <laughs> but then again, he did he did laugh at the boogeyman. So I think that was initially the idea, wasn't it? I don't think the comedy character was supposed to be. No, uh, that, that, I don't think that was the idea when when they initiated the debut and, and his push and everything but it's, it's, obviously he comes out as a person from the crowd doesn't it yeah but then when he takes his shirt off he looks like a wrestler bill so yeah, exactly. kind of breaks the illusion a little yeah. bit it was no nicholas from uh wrestlemania 34 Four? yeah <laughs> 34 <laughs> yeah no, that was crazy. I mean, I remember that happening. And again, kayfabe wise, it was like, "Whoa, what the hell was this?" Yeah, whereas um, I remember Stro- <laughs> Braun Strowman walked past like Trent Seven and yeah. No Way Jose. Or, <laughs> what? Why did he just use them? And then it was a like referee's son. With- <laughs> why not? Why not? Let's get Cohen's son in. Yeah, man, Umaga's match with well, it wasn't really a match, was it? But the <laughs> the sort of little spot they did there where Santino gets, I think it was like a roll up, wasn't it? And then yeah. Crown the IC champion in his first, um, well, his debut WWE match, anyway, on yeah. main roster. But um, I can tell you one moment that's, it's a funny moment that I've not seen in so long. I can't remember what it, what the match 
leading up to it on Raw, Rose, but they had Omega and Great Carly talking to each other backstage. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, it's just like, why? <laughs> but it is, it's funny, but I don't think it'll be done in today's uh oh, I don't know. I wouldn't culture. put it... Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put it fully past them. Well, but... WWE probably would have done it, but... You got... I mean... My, my my big standout moment for Imaga anyway is is that last man standing with Cena. But would you say that's the same for you, or have you got any others? Um, I liked his. He had a. I think it was No Mercy 07. No, no, it was Cyber Sunday 07. Mm. A match with Triple H, which was um, I think it was the last man. It might have been the last man standing again. It was definitely a stipulation match, and that was. I remember that being good. Well, he did. He took on Triple H at No Mercy 07, didn't he? When Triple H was having that was it three different yeah, title he, matches. He, he, be, he was going to have a match anyway. With, yeah. But because Cena got hurt and he was going to face Orton, they gave Orton the title and Triple H comes out Big and challenge him. Yeah. wins. Then they have that title match as the match would have been anyway. Mm. And Triple H wins that. And then Orton took it off him at the end of the night. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, we would have so many more, but it was such a short... It was a good run, but it was such a short run. Yeah. Um, I wanted, I would talk about his time in three-minute warning. Yeah. What I was going to say, we, sh- we should probably go to that now. Obviously, before the rebranding of Umaga, between... What would this have been? Probably 2002, 2002. to 2004, maybe. Or I did don't it- think it was that long, actually, because... Um, it was there in 2003. Yeah, but I don't think they did so maybe, much. Maybe they didn't do too much early on, but no. Well, the idea of three-minute warning was Jamal and Rosie with Rico as the manager were kind of Eric Bischoff's hitmen, I suppose, like his uh, his enforcers for Raw. Yeah, brand versus brand. You know, when it actually felt like there was, you know, there was actual competition there. You know, you had Stephanie as GM of SmackDown, Bischoff as GM of Raw. Again, that's down to personal preference, but. Uh, Stephanie had Billy and Chuck. Yeah. And Rico, I believe, had turned on them and then... Yeah, because they did the wedding, but I don't know if it's actually a wedding. It was it was almost similar to uh, say they are a proper tag team. Even yeah. Though, even was... though they've been a tag team for like a whole year. <laughs> it was really strange, but yeah. And then, yeah, we had that kind of feud going, but three-minute warning, man, I kind of dug that team, to be honest. I, I did like it, but it was they were never kind of the tag team. Well, it felt like they could have been, but they never really reached that point, did they? As no, I don't think I don't, Eddie is Jamal never really reached that point as as a ta- within a tag team with Rosie where they were going to be anywhere close to the title picture. No, I don't think they even had a title match. No, it well they were just again it was just kind of used for that angle for SmackDown versus Raw slash uh, Eric Bischoff versus Stephanie, wasn't it? Really, yeah. you know, but it, there were some good moments. And some good matches. I say moments. There were some good matches. One of the big standout moments really probably is the them coming out for HLA. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I think, oh, I think that's what the tag team is more remembered for. Even though they did beat up Billy and Chuck at their ceremony and yeah. the match where um, at Unforgiven, I think it was, where, um, if I remember correctly, if, if Three Minute Morning won, then Stephanie would have to kiss a lesbian. But I can't remember what happened if Billy and Chuck won. No, but it well the overall the whole thing ended with um, Rikishi. Rikishi giving or dressing up in drag and then giving Bischoff the stink face. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? Um, the the Simone family. <laughs> I'm gonna. But his, his career even before three minute warning. So you know Eddie Fatu is from 
that Samoan dynasty. Yeah. Um, Do you remember anything from his time before Jamal? I don't, but I know. I remember they were in um, TNA for a bit, and I've never seen that. Yeah, for a very short while he was. Yeah, he he actually did debut uh, at his uncle offers promotion in WXW, the World Extreme Wrestling uh, uh, promotion. Yeah, is that, I think that's still going, isn't it? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. I actually I, don't know. But yeah, he. I think that was. I mean, that's going back into the nineties. Though, so you know, he was already a seasoned vet by the time he yeah. even put the face paint on through Marga. Um, but yeah, I mean, from there it was, I think he was signed, from what I can see, probably in 2001, developmental contracts with him and his cousin Matt. Rosie and Deep South? No, so it was originally Heartland Wrestling Association. That's they, Memphis, right? No, Ohio. Ohio. Oh, so Ohio, yeah. So but no, they, they yeah debuted under the uh, tag team name of the Island Boys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, with a Z. Oh, so it's it's legit. Two thousand ten. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, using the name ECMO or ECMO. So Memphis is one you're thinking of. Was after. All right. Um, or, or around about the same time, probably. In yeah, MCW. Uh, they won the MCW Southern Tag Team Championships there uh, on three separate occasions, but. Pretty much after that, it really is just a case that it, it goes into his WWE career as as we know it again from Three Minute Warning and then you know subsequently into Umaga. But when you think when you look at it like that, it's it's just it's you know what I mean. Like it just feels like there was it was just so short, mm. so short. And again, that's not surprising when we said he was thirty six, but. Just a shame. It's just a shame. And it was another one of those instances where someone's t- taken too soon from the wrestling industry. And it is another one of those, unfortunately, again, where, you know, substances are at the root of it. Yeah. I know that we'll be talking about later. There's a- yeah. Yeah. But it's, <clears throat> again, I, I suppose things have come, I want to say, a long way. Oh yeah. From then, I mean, even at that point in time, obviously this is it was post Benoit incident, so the wellness policy was very much, I think, enforced. Mm. And actually, Umaga's violation—you remember it was obviously you had the it was the three strikes, and Umaga was let go after two. And again, from what Jr. said, it seems to be because he had refused to take, um, or, or accept any kind of support you know, or rehab or, or whatever it is that they had planned for him. But yeah. ultimately, 12 years on, Umaga was a hell of an in-ring talent. Yeah, man. and you still see his uh, legacy with the Usos doing his um, corner attack. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually, um, I don't know why it came up, but I had Amado Shada's tribute the night after he died. Really? Yeah, because he was, I think it was, like I was talking about, Australia tour. And yeah, he was on the microphone. I, I think he had a match with, I want to say it was Ken Ken Anderson, Mr. Okay. Kennedy. Yeah. And I don't know if he won or lost or whatever, but he did a tribute after the match to Imaga and they actually played the music. Oh, man, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, I can't remember why all of a sudden that came up recommended on YouTube. Maybe because it, maybe. It is our time though, isn't yeah. it? It's it's maybe anniversary. It, of... Maybe it knew we were going to do this episode. <laughs> yeah. We know those algorithms are like, yeah, crazy, crazy, really. But uh, it does lead us into, unfortunately, 
uh, some developments with the Jeff Hardy situation, but again, still not concrete. So it's, although it's kind of been confirmed now at this point, because the reports have, have come out that Jeff Hardy has refused help. Mm. Which, he did, which he did the first time in 2003? The first time. And again, it's going back to JR, but it, he, you know, this is when JR was, it was his job, man. Mm. Like he was, he was in that, that role. And, uh, he, he said, sometimes you don't, uh, if it's one of those things where people are just too proud to go and get help or, or what it is. But although last week we weren't sure whether or not it was going to be a case of like it was a relapse or whatever it may have been. Fast forward a week, it seems like it is to do with alcohol, but. At the same time, you don't know how actually bad it might be. It's being kept quite close to, you know, well, it's, it's, everything's been quite, kept quite private and rightfully so. Oh, yeah. But Matt Hardy had put out the uh, video, hadn't he, with basically just saying, he didn't really give much away, but just saying that, you know, he was giving him some space and that... I thought there was, there was always those stories that they weren't getting along. Well, around a year or so, well, no, it was more than a year ago, maybe a couple, maybe two, three years ago, there was that weird kind of Twitter fight. Yeah, but wasn't that more the um, wives than it was them two? Mainly, yeah. Mainly, yeah. But Matt did kind of get involved as well. And the idea behind it was that, you know, they kind of live pretty close by and your kids are out on the road one day, crossing the road and, you know, Jeff's drunken behind the wheel. He's not just putting his own life at danger, but he's he's putting their lives at danger, which... Mm. You know, it's a, it's fair, but it's again tricky. I mean, that that's that's family to do it on Twitter. Bit, bit strange, got to be honest. Uh, but um, you know, I can't say what they're saying is wrong. It's just a bit weird that it's being aired on. Well, that it was being aired on Twitter. I think that's why, you know, Matt's most recent video statement was better, really, because again, it was it was it was good enough to put it out there, and you know, Matt's Matt's always been. Uh, very forthcoming on social media anyway. Oh, yeah. Particularly for his own life, you know, his own personal stuff. But this is Jeff's and completely respect the fact that he's not going to give any information or details on it. And that's completely understandable. Yeah, you can't really speculate because it might not be as bad. But it's just, again, like like you said last week, every time you kind of feel like Jeff is maybe making a U-turn on something and they do some sort of WWE produced show, you know, whether it had been that documentary from a few years back or more recently he had appeared on the Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold. And then what, within two, three weeks, maybe a little bit more than that. I think it was about three weeks. Uh, about two weeks. Because that came out after Survivor Series. Wow. Or Survivor Series. A few weeks a few ago. Weeks so then now. literally within a few weeks time. Yeah. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select. Uh, breaks the the report that he's been released. So I don't know. I don't think I. I don't. I don't know if it's uh, to say to blame WWE for the release, or you say there was it was their fault for letting him out in that condition. Or? Well, we talked about that last week, and and again, somebody should have known what he was like at that point. So you can only imagine someone's been in a lot of trouble for that anyway. Yeah, but. To blame WWE as a whole, and I rag on them a lot, but I don't know. I mean, what choice do you have? If if the reports are true that they've offered him help and they want him to go to rehab and that they would obviously, financially, they'd see him okay for that and everything else, and he says no to it, what can you do? 
You know, you got to. I, I can't. You can't. WWE insists on being the biggest heel in the industry. That's you know that, my opinion. But at the same time, you've got to call a spade a spade when you see it. Um, and if don't tell off- Cody that because he'll call it a shovel. <laughs> But do you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, I, if they're offering it, if they if they are offering to pay for his rehabilitation, and he turns it down, I, I can't really see how WWE's in the wrong there, really. But no, it's just apparently he'd not been good for weeks, and well, he said that he'd still have a drink occasionally. Yeah, but yeah, that was the report was that it'd been a uh, it'd been having a rough about five or so weeks. Health has to come first now at this point. It's just my concern is that again, like Jeff, he loves this industry. Yeah, he loves wrestling. Like he he doesn't he still does things that he doesn't need to do now, but he does it because he loves it, and he knows that that's what people want to see, and it is. But at the same time, like you know, you'd you'd have to be pretty cold hearted to be like, well, I still want Jeff to jump off of twenty foot ladders and blah 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 when he's like the age he is now and his body's in the shape it is. Like you, you know, he doesn't need to, but he does. Yeah, and. Um- you you got to respect the guy for that. Because one thing I did read was he was going to be in a feud with uh, Roman at Rumble. I did see that, yeah. Just to... That would probably been pretty good. Because he is... Like, one thing he needs, wanted to do was have, like, a universal title. Uh, I don't know if he wanted the title itself or it was just, like, an opportunity. Uh, or a big match with Roman. Like, a, mm. like a dream for him, but... He's, he's not had a bad run. Since he came back in 2017. 17. Did I mention how good he looks at Survivor Series? Like, he was like... You said he looked pretty good. Yeah, it was like... Yeah. It, it was almost like the Shawn Michaels 2003 Survivor Series, which is like coming from a big deficit and nearly winning it. But uh, I didn't watch... I haven't watched this week's, all of this week's SmackDown, but yeah, it got completely ignored about straight away, which... You expect to be honest, yeah. don't you? Like they're they're not going to draw attention to it. I wouldn't have thought, but yeah, uh, it's it's one of those that when news comes out, news comes out on it. I guess, but hopefully he he can get himself sorted and get in a better place. Again, it might not be as bad as as you kind of think. It's just because all of the older stories kind of have been. A part of me didn't wasn't shocked, but a part of me was like, well, once once you read the story, yeah. Then you get the people on a comment section or, or whatever saying, oh, he's going to go to AEW and the Hardy Boys will be back together. And... Yeah. I don't know, man. We will have to see what happens. Hopefully Jeff turns it around and is back on top of the mountain again in, in whatever capacity that is, whether it's in inside the ring or outside of it. Most important thing is to just get healthy. And regardless, I don't think WWE will have him back again. I wouldn't have thought so now. No. But, um, yeah, well, other... I was going to say releases, but not really. But two more people that have left WWE, then it is official now. Uh, yeah, but there, there was a report that they might be going back to WWE in the, in the, once they've time away. Because both, both of them are expecting kids and their families. And... So, oh yeah, so Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly then... You honestly think he would? Because I, 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 I do. I know we joke about it, and because Jay is always, you know, Jay will always be like, "Yeah, AEW, he's off to AEW." Yeah. But I genuinely think, out of the two of them, Kyle O'Reilly would be probably the most appropriate and the most likely to end up there. Well, 
based on who's there and what they're doing yeah, and everything else. That and the way that he um, his last because on NXT 2.0, it still feels weird saying that. It's like when they <laughs> it's like when they call it SmackDown Live. Yeah, still, well, people uh, don't call it that now. No, they, they don't call but... it now. But when they did, it's like just call it SmackDown. <laughs> Why isn't Raw live? Well, I don't know. But um, <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. But then um, having that cage match with Von Wagner and got... how was that, by the way? It was all right, actually. Um, I'm guessing Wagner picked up the win. Yeah, and then yeah. battered him, Kyle, after the match. It was kind of like it's it's written. It was done in a way that could be written to go in a few months' time. He'll be he'll have that match with Von Wagner and get his revenge. But if he doesn't, then he doesn't, at least Wagner's gone over. Yeah, yeah and Wagner's yeah. like said, I've got rid of this guy. and They won't say it like that. Well, it depends if he comes back. Yeah. But it's, if there's a way of bringing him back in the future, if he wants to, it's the same with Gargano. There's a way in the future if he wants to. Because Gargano got beaten up by Grayson Waller. But that's assuming that if they went back, they'd go to NXT. Because surely at this point... I mean, both of them, really, but Gargano even more so. Mm. Surely at this point would need the main roster. Well, the contract ran out on Friday, right? Uh, was it Friday? They were both pretty much the same time, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, because they had extensions to do war games and then... They were, yeah. I suppose in the following then, NXT taping, yeah. yeah. There was possibly they could have turned up on SmackDown, but they didn't. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, still a, there's, still, there's still a chance they might stay. But Kyle, in another way, got Kevin Owens soon. Yeah, I mean, his around, uh, well, January time, yeah. I think, isn't it? So he's another one. I, I, I do think he probably would end up with AW now. And of course, with Ring of Honor not really being a, a viable option, because we're not really sure what's happening with that yet. We've just been teased with April 2022, and that's really all we know. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know where they... If they're unhappy there, then they should leave. And they're talented enough that they could they can make money anywhere they go. And we've talked about it before now, but the Indies is a viable option in terms of income. So you can make good money now if you're a big name on the Indies. Oh, yeah. You know, and you've got some business sense to you, which they're going to at this point. So I mean, look at um, some of the names that have left WWE in the early in the year. Early in the year. Not all of them have gone to like the big promotions yet, anyway. No, and actually, I'll be talking about one of them later on. But yeah, I it's it's fitting that they're leaving, and Gargano especially because he is kind of Mister NXT. Yeah, you really are kind of just left with Champa now, and Pete done to a degree, but Champa really, I'd probably say, is the last the last outlaw. If you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, it's the Triple H and Undertaker of, of of the NXT black and gold era. You know, and one's yeah, gone, well, one's yeah, left. But right, Let's not forget about um, LA Knight, who was part of the NXT 1.0 <laughs> at yeah. War Games. You know, he's only been in WWE for like a year. Literally a year, yeah. It, I'm excited, to be honest. I am excited to see where they end up. Because regardless where they go to, assuming that they don't, go back to WWE, but if they don't, I'm excited to see where they end up. If they do, and that's been their choice to go there, yeah. so be it. If that's what they feel that is, is best for them, then then so be it. But I just hope that it doesn't, that decision then just doesn't come back to bite them. No. That's, that's all. Can, but. can, uh, can they show up at when it was coming? 
They can, yeah, because they're they're not. It's this week, yeah, (laughs) literally this week. So there is a possibility they could. Obviously, if they if they are going to go to, we're saying they like if they you know come in as a package, but um, yeah, they can. They're not subject to the ninety day no compete clause because they've because the extension they've seen the end of their contract. Yeah, yeah, they could do. It's possible. It's possible. But more than anything, I'd say you'd probably have O'Reilly. But I'm still not entirely convinced that we're going to see Wyndham Rotunda stick to his word of not showing up anywhere in wrestling before 2022. And I know we've only got a couple of weeks left, really, of 2021. But, you know, if if, if he's going to show anywhere and it's going to be AEW, winter is coming, is probably... Well, there was that teaser, weren't there, in that Battle Royal? Yeah. And also... Again, I don't know if they they want to, and it, and this is, it's all speculation because it depends if he's even going to go to AEW. But you know, we are coming up to sadly the year anniversary of Brody Lee passing. So yeah, you know, potentially you don't know, you don't know if if they're going to sort of have anything fall in line with it. But we'll see, we'll see as it goes along. But it's it's exciting to see what people are going to do. Sometimes that's what you just need in wrestling, just a you know what's going to happen next, just to keep you on your toes. But People being on their toes, Ashley, those that were scheduled to see Fozzie in, I believe, Cardiff. Was it Cardiff? It was hospitalising Cardiff. Well, people that wanted to see him in Cardiff and in Nottingham, England, would not have been able to see Fozzie. So Fozzie, obviously, over here on the UK tour. Chris Jericho has been hospitalised here in the UK, as you're saying, Cardiff. Uh, for a, what we know is it's just a non-COVID-related illness. Yeah. And that's all we know. And Jericho's not putting a, a statement out either to say what it's for, so we don't know. But, um, yeah, he's out of hospital now, isn't he? But what's the situation with that? Like, what? how did this all come about? Well, they've done about seven, eight shows, I think, before. I don't know. Was it that many? I have a look. I've got the set. So last one was Birmingham, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Birmingham show that we were thinking about going to then said well, no. You were. <laughs> we uh, we did think about it. Hang on, they did. So did Liverpool, then Manchester, Newcastle, uh, Glasgow, Belfast, Chester, Birmingham. So, mm. so what is that? Six, seven shows. So they managed to get a few in, but then yeah, hospitalised. For something that we're not sure what it is, but it's just non-COVID related. Well, it's non-COVID related, but he he has said he's not. He's been told by his doctor not to sing. He's not allowed to sing. So yesterday, Jericho had put out a video statement from I assume it's a hotel in London, and tonight is it tonight or would it have been yesterday? Show at Islington. I don't know what day. I think it might be. It might be today. In London, anyway, but they're gonna instead of cancelling this one because they had to cancel obviously the last two, understandably. But for this one, they're not cancelling it, but they are holding what you said is going to be a Q&A session. Yeah. So they're all going to be up on stage, and they're going to take questions, and they're all going to answer them. It's also going to be the official debut of their new album, which isn't actually scheduled to be released until April next year. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so Boombox, they're going to play in, in its entirety on stage. They're also going to play Enemy and Judas. But, of course, because Jericho can't sing, the crowd's going to have to sing it. Yeah. Um. So, So yeah, instead of um, 
Well, to be fair, that is their two biggest songs. So that's what he said. It, you know, two two of the biggest songs from Fozzie's catalog. Uh, I think they're going to play it probably at the end of the show, and everybody sings along to it. But can they have? Um, I was I know with COVID, but can they have someone join them on stage? <laughs> I don't know. I suppose it depends on who's about. And obviously with COVID still being what it is, especially here in the UK with the new variant, yeah. I don't know what the kind of and also, rules are th- about it. Doesn't Enemy but... have a bit of this, the guitarist thing, a bit of vocal? Or was that, who was that, Jericho? All the way through. I can't remember, to be honest. I mean, what when's that song released? Like 2005? 2004? 2005. Around that time? Because that was No Way Out 05 theme. Mm. And, actually, and TNA used it once, I think. In like 2008. <laughs> oh, it, was before, it was definitely when Jericho was not wrestling anyway. I don't know how I'd feel about that, honestly. What happened? The show being... I mean, could, would you be able to get a refund for it? Like, COVID is... We're probably at that point now. I think we do have to accept that COVID is going to be one of those things. It's never actually going to go away. You just have to be sensible oh, and do yeah. your best to, you know, look after those around you and yourself. But, you know, so don't live your life in fear. But at the same time, like, so close to Christmas and the fact that we didn't really get a proper one last year that I'd be a bit like, well, you know, actually, if I'm going to go and I'm not even going to really hear Fozzie perform properly. Um, I think people will be, I think everyone at Pay will go there, though. I don't think there'll be. I, I wouldn't movement. be surprised. I think there would be some. I, but my, my query is more just whether or not you would be entitled to the refund. Because they are holding the show, but technically it's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where you'd stand with that. Because one thing I thought when it says you can't sing, that it'd be, Vocal cord problems, but yeah. The first thing I thought of was uh, what's his name? Kill Switch Engage. Oh, um, what the latest original, one. but then also when he came back and replaced yeah, Howard again. Oh, I can't remember. Can't remember. <laughs> what's his name? It's not your favorite band. <laughs> Just I always get his, Jesse Le- Leach. Yeah, Jesse Leach. Yeah. But he had something like that, didn't he? Like, wasn't um, that why he had to quit the first time yeah, around? Yeah, most, most most singers do get it. Because um, I remember um, when I went when I was going to see Metallica at Wembley, like two thousand and seven. One of the support bands was going to be Bullet for Valentine, mm. but the singer they had to pull out because the singer had to have throat surgery. So it happens. Doesn't matter what, and it, I'm sure it happens to every every style of music. They've not mentioned it in uh, on Dynamite. Obviously, they're still saying they're going by the storyline that 2.0 and Daniel Garcia took him out. Yeah, so it's kind of funny that these people that couldn't beat up Sting beat up Jericho in kayfabe. He's out for how long the tour is, and then well, it's weird though, isn't it? Because obviously, the they were going to take it was to take him off of TV anyway because he was touring with Fozzie. Yeah, and then he actually ends up in hospital, and it's like, well. You know, I don't know if they're going to play that as they, part of a oh, storyline or they not. Will. But, they will. Well, they might do. But then I was actually, I, I was going to mention this during the our Jeff Hardy talk, but I suppose now's apropos to, to bring it up. But in terms of bringing real life things into storylines, I mean, like Jeff Hardy then, for example, bad taste in your mouth now? That one was Seamus? Well, Seamus, Mojo, Elias... Everyone's, Literally, like everyone's but, done it, but it was super, super heavy in the Seamus one. So what I mean, yeah. like, I, th- I just think you've got to be careful with it. So I don't know if if AW do something, they do reference a lot, but to build a storyline from it is something different. I think, which is one thing I don't know if they'll do with Moxley when he comes back. I hope they don't. Someone, I hope they don't. Someone like MJF will do it if it's done as a comment. 
I can I can probably take that depending on how it's done, how who delivers it, how it's delivered, where it goes from there. If it's built like a storyline, like the Orton thing with Eddie, you know, like it turned into a storyline and the whole thing was basically Ray's going to win it for Eddie. That on its own wasn't bad. Like that was, that's fine. That's okay. But it was the fact that we had to have the heel say things like that about Eddie. And it's like, we don't, don't need that. No. And, and the Jeff Hardy thing, like, you know, constantly calling back. And that was dicey anyway. Constantly calling back to Jeff Hardy's substance abuse things and, and all that. And now look at, you know, just doesn't age well. And I think that you, you just have to be really careful with it. So I, d- I don't know. I can't imagine they would. You'll get someone like, you know, the acclaimed come out, maybe I, say something I think there. The acclaimed, but it's just MJF, like you said, I can see happening. And obviously 2.0. Um, there was already something there with Eddie Kingston, because that's how that whole thing came about when they approached him at the table and they started brought you know, That's how that's all sort of built anyway. Yeah. I just don't want to see a storyline from it. I, I, we could do without it, I think. It's not. It's just not in good taste. I know it's I know it's different, but uh, do you remember when Jeff Hardy returned in two thousand and six, and they said I thought you were dead? No. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. But obviously, the mo- again most important thing is Jericho uh, gets himself better, and then he's you know focus on his health first. Really, yeah. I did. I did notice on some of the music sites on like Facebook and that kind of stuff when it was mentioned Jericho it wasn't allowed to sing. People did find it funny. But it depends if you think he's a good singer or not. No matter. It's yeah. That's <laughs> and again. I'm not really into Fuzzy as a band. I've, I've seen them. I have seen them, but that's probably because it was Jericho more than it was the band. Yeah, I think there's uh, there'll be a lot of that. Really, a couple. Of, I've I listened to a couple of their albums, and not all bad, not all good. I think it got better. I think they found their feet more in recent years, like with this, with their style. I think because um, the al- the actual album that Judas is from, um, Judas. It's the, the album's called Judas, is it? Yeah, that album I think is. Probably their best piece of, I suppose, complete body of work. Like their best body of work as a whole. But I would like to have heard their stuff in like early 2000s when it's like they did like Judas Priest covers and yeah. Iron Maiden covers and that kind of stuff. I did look at the um, set, I was looking at the set list for um, the Birmingham show on Setlist FM. Well, was this from Birmingham? Then? Yeah, from Birmingham. Yeah. They finished off with Dirty Deeds by ACDC, not Judas. Huh. But then again, this is a set list FM that will just say that they did it and they probably only did like a minute's worth. Because it, uh, okay. it also says they did Frankie Goes to Hollywood's Relax. I can't imagine they did the whole version. I hope they did. <laughs> didn't, they do, didn't they do Dancing Queen? Or they definitely did an ABBA song? I don't know. They did, they definitely what, on this have, tour? No, but they, on an album. Oh, SOS. They did really? SOS. ABBA really? song, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't like, know that. Like 10 years ago or something like that. I might actually check that out. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Wow. Then, again, then again, I remember Chris Jericho saying he sounds like Chris Cornell, which is a lie. Well, best of wishes to Chris Jericho, and I hope he gets very healthy soon. Ash, Cody Rhodes is a part of another family in wrestling, because there's not just one, but there's Cody Rhodes, and he's a good guy. <sighs> Fuck's sake. Cody Rhodes! What, what I should have done for the Best of Christmas episode was do a stipulation where if I won, we'd never talk about Cody ever again. <laughs> yeah, no, because we can't do that. I know, that's what I should, I should have done. Ash, come on, man. Let's talk about it. You said last week that we're at a point, even if Cody didn't appear now on Dynamite, we would talk about it. 
Now he does appear. Very interesting little segment though. I've got to admit, I enjoy, I actually liked this. And this is the first time where, in a long time, where Cody's done something that I think we were supposed to like. And I did like it. <laughs> so, look, you got to give credit where it's due, man. You can't just rag on the man because it's the, it's the in thing to do. I liked this. I liked this segment. I don't know what, what you want me to say. Nothing. Just, just, <laughs> just move on. Cool. So you didn't like the segment or what? I just got annoyed because it's it's basically uh, as good guys and oh, I'm going to make walk down that hill tunnel. Oh, come oh, on, though. That was, like, it was so on the nose that you can't, like, I, I think we are now, like we are, is going to go down a hill route. So now at least we can enjoy it. Before it was frustrating because it's like, well, does he genuinely think he's a really good face? Like, that's what was frustrating. And then you kind of ask the question, are we being worked? And now, look, I'm okay with being worked. I'm okay with being like, oh, I've ragged on Cody, but actually he worked me the whole time. Great, he's done a good job then. But, you know, I still stand by what I said about the table stuff. Hmm. And, the, you know, you saw him this week. Look at his arms, man. Put yourself through that for all of us to still moan about him. Like, I feel sorry for him. But, you know, you've got to admit, I, that segment was interesting. And it was, and it's 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 moved him away from Malachi. Although Malachi now going into what looks like is going to be the feud with, or a feud with um, uh, Varsity Blondes. For some reason. Yeah, but, you know, let's give it a chance and see what happens and where it goes. And again, it's one of those things where... People were worried that the former WWE guys were going to go there and they were going to get all the limelight. And that's not been the case with all of them. No, true. It's not been the case with all of them. And actually, you know, I suppose you've got to look at... There is a positive there. Malachi's not going anywhere anytime soon. He'll get his chance. And maybe, and this is what he needs. He needs to move away from Cody. Andrade needs to move away from Cody. But Cody's going back into that area again for the TNT title picture. It's perfect really, for a heel turn, if they do pull it there. They might not, but he comes out, he interrupts Sammy Guevara, heelish, tells him that he's going to be, the, he's already approved it with Tony Khan, heelish, because he's just, you know, using his uh, the, the, he, on-screen authority. Yeah, and using the executive pull. Yeah, right, so, can't. It's, it's kayfabe, but still, he's using that. Pulls Guevara in and he's... Makes it a little bit, it makes a bit of a Healy comment. Says about, oh yeah, one from one good guy to another. Goes to walk through the heel tunnel, turns and goes back through the other. Yeah, cheesy, but I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing what happens. Because does Guevara beat him? Does Does Guevara go over and maybe that adds to sending him over the edge? Or does he beat Guevara? And then still continues to show himself as the face. Because actually then that's probably going to amplify booze further. And does that hurt Guevara? I'd probably say no. Well. Really? If he, if he loses, then that title reigns wasn't really perfect. It was another quick. Who's really had though, let's be honest, with the TNT title. Okay, with, with the exclusion of the Cody's reigns and Brody's. What one has stood out the most and why? Well, Miro, I would say Miro, but he never really challenged, had a big name challenge until he lost it, really. Kingston was probably about the biggest where he retained it. 
And then, yeah, Guevara obviously beats him for it. I know he had the match with... Um, he, had a match, he won it off Derby, but Derby was another one that just had it. And then I, I kind of was hoping they would have the TV title defended every week. Or, or not, not, not every week, but like have it like as a big thing. Well, I think that was one of the issues with the T... Well, is one of the issues with the TNT title is that it kind of has that on again, off again. Is it an open challenge belt? Is it not? Because Cody had kind of pretty much implied at the very beginning that it was going to be an open challenge. And that was quite cool. We got to see some new faces come in that weren't a part of AW and some stuck around like Eddie Kingston. Some didn't like Warhorse, but it's still good to see them come through. I enjoyed that. In all honesty, I, I thought that was that, I do that like was cool. I do like an open challenge because the Cena one with the US title in twenty fifteen that worked. But know. but then the thing is though, it it's been on again, off again, hasn't it? Yeah. So that's the I think that's the issue with with that. But the other thing with an open challenge is that if you're always having it as an open challenge, you can't really build long term feuds around the TNT title because if they're always going to be open challenge, you, you kind of got a different thing on it each week or each well, does, whenever it's defended. Does the TNT title have uh, ranking system. Well, I suppose well, I think it does, doesn't it? But I don't know because I'm not. But well, the, but, well, but then the rankings don't overly matter, do they? But really? they were supposed to. Yeah. But I've said this before. Like sometimes the UFC challenger for the title will be like the number three or number four. It's never. It's not always the number contender. Yeah. So based on that, I mean, it's not. I, I would say for two years in, they've done a good job of the fact that they still keep track of it. They still reference it mm. on the show. And like we see with the TBS title tournament, you had the top, what was it? I think four, was it? Ranked women um, were already put through right. to a round or whatever it was. I can't remember if it was four, but there was like X amount of people. Whoever was in the top X spots didn't have to qualify for whatever. And obviously the rest did. Yeah. So, you know... But then again... Kind of make the narrative to kind of fit somewhat. Yeah, so, but then again, Rio disappears for a while, it feels like. Then has like two, three wins and she gets a title match with <sighs> Brit. Yeah, I know. But there's, there's been a, some if, stories going around about Rio I'm, as well. Yeah, but I'm okay with like number one contender matches and that kind of stuff with Brian. It's not like he's... Well, and he's turned heel. He's changed up the character to... I don't think, it, I don't think it's a heel... I don't think it's a heel. He's. Do- I know he's doing like the beating up the Dark Order, but he's he's had matches and Hangman wanted the match straight after. That's a heel thing. <laughs> God, a minute. It is. Back up. Yeah, it is. Hang on a minute. Think about back up. Wait, back up. You think about money. I know it's different, but money in the bank. Right. Not every money in the bank challenger will challenge. Like to saying, I'll challenge you this time. Most of the time, it's. Coming out of nowhere, even his heel or face. Yeah, because that's what you can do. Yeah, that's but, the, yeah. but Hangman after Brian's had like twenty minute matches. No, because it's not. No, wants to have a match. Happened, wants to have the. No, it happened once, twice. So all right, so it happened twice, but you still can't say that Hangman is the heel in that story when. But Brian Brian's has, doing nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. So he beats people up after matches. But he's not. He's not being the. He- he's not doing it. He's-, he's knocked people's teeth out. Obviously, this is all storyline wise. But he, he. So he's knocked Colt Cabana's teeth out. He tore. Uh, was it Alan Angel's MCL? And then John Silver. I think he was just just stomping his head in after the match. Yeah. And he tells the fans that they're fickle. 
nice little callback to the Captain Planet Daniel Bryan. But uh, you know, he's it, the, that, that's always a pretty good indication if you're going to turn on the fans, like not like Punk did in this week's Dynamite when he was kind of going after Long Island because it was based on the fact that that was MJF's hometown and they were cheering him. So he, he did it to mess with them. But when you consistently do it in each town that you're in, that's a heel. It's a heel for that week. But it's happened, yeah, for that week for Punk. But, but Brian Danielson's been doing it for weeks now. Ever since he... But I do find it convenient that his last few opponents have been in the hometowns. Well, yeah, because that's what they wanted to build it around, wasn't it? So again, again, I don't know how, again, how much in advance that was planned. Yeah, but, but then again, it feels like AEW are at the same venues every month. A lot of them are, but then if you're selling those arenas out, yeah, then... I know, I know there's probably nothing they can do about it, but... No, well, that's if they are selling the arenas out, but even if they're not, then you know they're looking pretty full and they sound pretty full most of the time. Hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not buying that, though. I'm not buying that. Hangman so, is the heel. So if... So if on um, <laughs> you can't <laughs> he, if he can, you can't see here, right? Rag on Cody, and then he actually pulls off a good segment, and then in the same breath, you're going to tell me Hangman's the heel. I think you're the heel. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> Don't say it. If if it happened the other way, uh, and Brian was champion, and Hangman was challenging, and Brian. I get what you mean, but it's but Hangman has also said that he will do it any time, any place. Yeah, after Brian's had a match. No, but like he said, so, any time, any place. So if Brian, you know, and now he is going to have the match with him at Winter is Coming. The fact is, Hangman's not been going out beating up Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson's been beating up Adam Page's mates. So it's him initiating all of the conflicts, and Adam Page isn't. He's just saying that, look, I want to, you know, from a storyline wise. Oh, it's good though because it gets us like looking at it like this. That's what that's when you know an angle's good. I think Winter is coming show is going to be really interesting. I don't know what's going. The thing I like more, most is I don't know what's going to happen because it's early. Yeah, early to get rid of the title for Hangman. Yeah, and it's early for Brian to lose a time match. Mm, I don't, I disagree. I think the only reason I disagree with that is because I think if because if Hangman's going to retain, which let's face it, is the most likely of the outcomes. Again, for what you said, he's only just won the thing. Um, you can't... I mean, can you really do a title change so quickly, not have any if he does, outside interference or, like, shithousery? Because, again, like, we literally did this at Winter is Coming last year. That's when Kenny won it off of Mox and hmm. Don Callis got involved and everything. I don't know. I don't think you can really do that. If it's, like we say about... Um, it could be, like, a Gargano... Or Kyle or Wyndham debuting. I think that if you're going to get Kyle debut, it's going to be something to do with Adam Cole and the Elite, though, isn't it? Gargano, if you have that, or Wyndham, I don't know. Wyndham would be an interesting one, though, because Wyndham, if Wyndham debuted, again, it's like fantasy stuff, but sometimes it is kind of, you know, it's, it's nice to, like, get into it. But if Wyndham come in, like, what if Wyndham came in as a heel to take over the Dark Order... If you wanted to go down that route, but if he came in as a heel to take over the Dark Order and take them away from Hangman, hmm. and then actually it splits the Dark Order because you get some that are like, well, no, I want to stay face, and some that are like, well, no, I'll I'll go heel. I don't know. There's a lot you could do with it, but ultimately, as it stands right now, it's just whether or not 
what's the most likely outcome? Hangman leaves the show as the champion or Hangman drops it to Brian? Could they do another draw and have them rematch, you know, like an Iron Man or something? At Would you be annoyed if it ended in a draw? Well, what's the time limit on time matches now? If it's the well, usually if it's the last show, if sorry, if it's the last match of the night, it's just TV time remaining, isn't it? Right. Which it will be, isn't it? It's yeah, going it's it's to be the main event, so they just say it's TV time remaining. So, um, technically, it could end in a draw, depending on how much TV time is remaining. But it, they're, they're probably going to get a good twenty minutes worth at least. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I wouldn't be mad if if Brian wins it. Again, it depends on what they would want to do, but. We've been telling this story of Hangman fighting to get that title for so long, it would feel a bit deflating to have him lose it so quickly. But could, maybe then, again, if that plays into a longer story... Could do a double pin. A double pin? This ain't the backyard days. No, that's double submissions, mate. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. But I'm really looking forward to it. It's I, I like TV specials. I like that they... You know, I still think Winter is Coming is a bit of an odd name. Like, it's, Winter's definitely already here. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously last year, right? Because it kind of worked last year because Sting came out and he had the snow. Yeah. So, like, it felt like it was for Sting. And now it's actually, well, you know, who's going to come out and get snow this time then? Ow. Hopefully it's Hook. <laughs> Ow, snow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hope Ow, snow comes out. That'll be great. we Steve Blackman, his cheese head. <laughs> well, you know how we know how we talked about the 50th anniversary Bar Royal. Yeah, they were both in it, but they didn't tag together. So, oh man, I actually, I actually watched that after I got home doing the recording. <laughs> I can't really remember it. Was it any good? Not really. Wow. <laughs> but it was, it was funny, like how all these, um, like, like, um, Pete Gas was in there. Didn't really get a pop. Gas. But Scottish Hottie was in it and he got a good pop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's hard to predict because what's going to happen if Hangman retains or they have a, and it's like a clean finish, would they do him never match again at Revolution? Well, again, it's quite far away, isn't it? So. It's been, it's been announced to the date, isn't it? It's February, isn't it? It's February. But, you know, we're, we're basically it's two months away. That's yeah. the biggest challenge, isn't it? It's keeping it fresh. So, to be honest, uh, I don't really see it. And they've already teased anyway that when Punk and MJF finally have a throw down, the winner of that match is probably going to be next in line for the title shot. And if it's CM Punk, that'll be interesting. But if it's MJF, then you've got some history there too between MJF and Hangman. Yeah. Uh- so, actually... I'd rather see Hangman retain it. Well, if MJF you, come out on top over CM Punk, and then let's get to it. Because remember, double for nothing, weren't it? When they bring out the uh, world title, MJF interrupted Hangman. Yeah. With, with and him. actually, it was one of the sort of Hangman's first kind of little mini feuds when Dynamite was yeah. really kicking off. So and, uh, obviously they were referencing it because they always like to reference stuff happen. Yeah, but that's not a bad thing, is no. it? Because <laughs> we we moan when WWE doesn't. Well, do well it. WWE it's like when um, the Punk feud with Orton at Mania twenty seven. Twenty seven. It was about a feud that happened years ago. Then they rarely do that. No, I know, but then they did it obviously with Kofi and Orton again and stuff yeah. like that. It's nice when they do because it's just it feels like it rewards you for you know actually watching it for all these years. But yeah, it's like um, 
I was playing um, SmackDown vs. Raw 2011, when, and it has Randy Orton as a GM, with, <laughs> and the feud with MVP and Cena, and they mentioned stuff that happened in the game before, with that bed in Utopia in 2009. It's like, it's always <laughs> fu- it was always funny when they kind of do that kind of stuff, but... Um, well, yeah. and like, uh, what in the games? What's his name? Um, <laughs> what's his name? He was the uh, GM for, or well, the promoter for BCW. Oh, um, <laughs> fucking now. I've been playing two K seventeen properly again. What's his name? But Buzz, no. no um, um, it's something like Corbin, isn't it? Is it Baron something? Baron Blade. Baron Blade, that's him. But yeah, well, anyway, yeah, Cody. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Winter is coming, is nearly here. Winter's already here, but winter is coming, is round the corner. <laughs> it looks, it's, shape, it's shaping up to be a very good show, and I'm, I'm very excited for it. Um, but yeah, Cody's actually giving me something to look forward to, so. He'll be a three-time TNT champion if he wins, won't he? He will, yeah. He's the only two-time champion at the moment. For any belt. That sounds about right. Very heelish. Very heelish. <laughs> well, that concludes the Cody show anyway, but you'll be glad to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ash, we're at that point in the show. I've been itching to talk about it. Ring of Honor, final battle, 2021. Do you know what? As I said, I mean, I finished it about 20 minutes before starting recording uh, this episode. I can't... I haven't got a bad word to say about it. The whole show. Okay. Honestly, it's... Aside from the fact that it's kind of sad. But that's that's pretty much it. Did they do, at the end of a show, like a... Or at least anywhere near around the show, like um, history packages, like um, best of bits? It was so well done, this show. Right? It was so well done that it genuinely... It was... it. What we've literally just been saying about you like it when people, you know, companies do callbacks to things that happened in an angle or on TV or in a segment or whatever years ago, and then they, you know, call back to it years later because it rewards you for watching a product for so long. They did that here. You had in between pretty much every match there was a video package from a Ring of Honor alumni. A lot of them AEW at this point. You couldn't yeah. get the WWE guys unfortunately, but you had Brian Danielson, CM Punk. Young Bucks, which I've got a funny story about. Um, Hangman? Hangman, yep. Adam Cole. They they was doing that through through the show and just really cool, man. But again, kind of sad, but, uh, you know, April, I guess. We'll just see what happens. But literally from the opening bell, and I haven't seen the pre-show matches, and I won't dissect every single match, but there was not a single bad match on this entire show. Everything was fantastic. Everybody just went all out. Mm-hmm. I, d- I couldn't tell you what my match of the night was. Well, I think I can. I think I probably w- I would say the main event. Okay. Which was changed uh, very last minute. Yeah. It meant to be Bandito defending the title against Gresham. Was it Gresham? Yeah. Because Joe Lethal... The funny thing was, um, after he signed with AEW, Lethal was like, yeah, I won't be at the show. I won't be at um, the final battle. Then mm. obviously because of Bandito having COVID. And- well, that's what yeah. So that's what's done it is that I think the day before title was officially 
vacated. So Bandido yeah. was the reigning. And that's got to suck, man. That, that really has got to suck. But like, there's literally nothing you can do about it at that point. He tested positive for COVID, had to drop the title. It's vacated. But I'll tell you what, we got Jay Lethal versus Jonathan Gresham out of it. I might as well just go into that now. I, I think it probably is my match of the night. Really emotional. But especially when towards the end of the match, when you're getting towards that kind of like that, that fourth quarter of the match and the locker room comes down ringside and surrounds a ring and they're all banging the um, the mat and they're into the match, like wait, you know, for the, the final moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, emotional. But the match itself, what what can you say, man? It's, it's too probably of the best in the world. And Jonathan Gresham is easily one of the best in the world. Putting on an absolute clinic. And I mean an absolute wrestling clinic. And they didn't hold back, man. There were some sh- there were some shots in that match. And you're just like, man, they are not holding back. They just put their all into it. And you cannot ever say anything bad about that. Because they really just left it all in the ring. And what a moment for Gresham to walk out as champ. Do you think he would have won it if Bandito was... Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't think Jay because Jay Lethal wasn't going to win. I don't think because, like, like you say, he wouldn't have done. Well, the, the, but the the they're talking about all these different promotions and the fact that a lot of their titles now are probably going to end up in these other promotions. Mm. And the idea, one of the things, one of the talking points on commentary for the main event is that, well, look, does Jay Lethal win the Ring of Honor World Title and take it to AEW? Or does Gresham win the title and take it to New Japan? Because he's going to be going over to New Japan strong. Good. So either way, that championship is going to be in, is going to end up on another show for a few months. What use them as? Not not not. Don't, know. don't think they would defend them, but like you well, know, well, it, you know how we complained about yeah. the New Japan title and like Triple A title being on AEW champion or uh, and, uh, and not actually being featured as yeah. part of their and, show unless yeah. they unless they have to. Yeah, I can imagine it's probably going to be a, something like that, but it, it probably does depend on the promotion, doesn't it? Uh, possibly. Um, New Japan, you may see it used a bit more because there, there is that working relationship there. Yeah, and they did have, do have history of impact and impact as well, which we again will come to. But Gresham winning it, yeah, awesome call. Either way, I don't think you could have really had. Uh, I don't want to say right or wrong answer. I think Gresham deserved it. Over lethal, but and that, that's not you know it's not discrediting lethal, but lethal is already a former Ring of Honor champion. Actually, consecutively, if you add all the dates up, he's still the longest running Ring of Honor champion in history. Yeah, he's held it for the most amount of days. So, you know, yeah, give it to Jonathan Gresham. He absolutely made that pure division. Yeah, so you know, he hundred percent deserved it. And if they do return properly in April, Bandito gets probably the first match back for the title. Yeah. And I'd be all for that if if they go down that route, but we don't know what it's going to look like mm. in April. Tricky to call it, but in terms of the way they left it, it was a really good feel. It was a feel good moment. You know, it wasn't a lackluster match either. No. It was, and it and it, it capped off a show where just every match was just it was just great. Like every match was great. Everyone had something different in it. It never got it never got boring. It was one of the quickest three hours of of my life in terms of watching a show. And All Out may have been my favourite wrestling pay-per-view of the year, but this is easily second place cool. for me for 2021 because it was that good. It was that good. And then underneath that, I'd probably say Wrestle Kingdom Night 1. That was class. So, but I, I actually, I genuinely, I put this above, because of the, I think because of the emotion 
for this show. Well, you know this is a... It is what, what just tops it for You me. know this is a, a zero episode, so you have to do a top ten now. <laughs> well, no, that's my top three. <laughs> but yeah, hell of a match and a hell of a way to end the show, but... Um, they didn't play Leave the Memories Alone, did they? They didn't, no. But they did have, what you're saying, they had other video packages through the night as well. They were showing um, a lot of stuff. But a lot of it was also in the ring. Like Some guys were cutting promos. And one of the things I wanted to touch on, there's the the tag match with um, Violence. Violence Unlimited, uh, which consists of Brody King, Homicide, Tony Deppen, and Rocky Romero, taking on um, EC3, Eli, Isom, Taylor, Rust, and Tracy Williams. Now... I mean, first things first, awesome anyway, because who accompanies Violence Unlimited out to the ring? Chris Dickinson. <laughs> On his crutches, awesome. He's walking about looking good. So that was that was really cool to see. Um, yeah, they pick up the win in the match and the final moments of the match, fantastic. Really, really good. This was my match of the night up to that point when it happened. Eli takes the pinfall at the end after a really valiant effort, but... There's this sequence before we get to it with guys sort of coming in and out of the ring and it's one of those, you know, where you like you hit the move, they roll out the ring, then another one yeah. comes in, hits a move on that person. But they were going through, it was it was a few minutes long and they were going through like moves from former Ring of Honor guys, like the alumni. So in no order, and I can't remember all of them, but the muscle buster was hit. Huh. They're like, oh, Samoa Joe. Then the halluva kick was hit. And then that, um, oh, I can't remember what he calls it, but it was El Generico's. Oh, the brain, bust- brain buster? Yeah. So El Generico, and that started the ole, 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 ole <laughs> chant going through the crowd. And again, pretty decent turnout as well, actually, for the show. It was really cool. But they was going through everybody, man. Brian Danielson, um, Spanky. Uh, it, it went on, it went on for a while, but they was doing just move after move, and it was a really just it was obviously a homage to you know the former Ring of Honor guys, but yeah. it was it was great, and it, it was it was very it was just a bit of a spot fest, but fuck it, it's like the last pay per view potentially ever that you can you potentially might ever do, and it was just like a really cool way of acknowledging those that came before. Well, in a way, it's lucky it's a good thing they did because WCW and ECW. With like their last show, it's not. It's probably not. It's probably known, but it's not known to everyone that it'd be their last pay per view. No, exactly. And I think that, that that's where these guys have had like the. Uh, I suppose you know it, they can at least end it knowing that this could be it. And again, that's why they've kind of gone all out. But yeah, it's just it's really really cool to see. I've got no complaints about it, and it was great. And yeah, after the match, I'm guessing this is one of the things that you've seen. But there oh, is yeah. a debut. EC3 basically kind of like is, is cutting this promo afterwards and he's like, there is no honour. You you keep working for companies with three letters in them and it's it's all about money and this, that and the other and we leave our souls in this ring and it doesn't matter. And anyway, Wesley Blake show up shows up at the on one side of the, the ramp and another guy, I don't know who it was, but next to him. Would it be the um, Ever Forgotten Son? No, it wasn't. But I don't know who he was. But no, it wasn't. Right. Uh, well, I don't think it was. Um, to be fair, I've forgotten what his name was already. <laughs> but yeah, they show up. And he's like, look, he says to Eli and Brian Johnson, who comes out with... ACDC singer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see, he said Dirty Deeds. It was, he was summoned. 
Yeah, he comes out because he's had a match earlier on in the night and he loses. Mm-hmm. Again, pure championship match, that one. Fantastic. Real quick on that. Really, really good match. Um, but Josh Woods retains it. And I love the pure rules, like the different sort of things they do, but it, it was a very physical wrestling contest. But yeah, um, he comes out because he's kind of, you know, EC3 mentions his name and he says, you you can basically be with me. You can you can live your life, your rules. It's the free the narrative story that he's doing. Cool. But he's like, first, you've got to be beaten up, basically. First, you need to have pain inflicted upon you. And after that, you'll be free. So, release the Titan. Those are the words. And this is where you've seen what you've seen, I guess. Yeah. The former Braun, Braun Strowman debut. The Titan, Adam Scher. Looking very beastly indeed. Yeah. Um, he's short his, got a short beard, hasn't he, nowadays? He looks. I think he looks about the same, but his it beard is. definitely is a lot shorter. Yeah. Um, but he still looks as... Yeah, aside from that, he looked like an absolute machine. But yeah, the Titan, I guess then. We'll see what happens with that going forwards and where they end up. But this whole free the narrative thing is really interesting. Because again, I'm, I think Rockstar Spud probably going to end up there as well. Almost likely, yeah. Massive. Massive shocker, man. It was like, whoa, we've got a debut on the last show of... <laughs> the last paper yeah, you were freeing up on and it was like, what does this mean? Because it's, it, it's like, like I was saying, it's easy to do that when you know it is, when there's a possibility. Sure. When WCW and ECW finished, there was like, because like, um, obviously WCW had their paper, like the Sin paper, no, what was it? Greed pay-per-view, and then they did two Nitros, and then they were gone. Yeah. ECW did their Gears Charge pay-per-view, and then they might have done one or two like house shows, but then that was it. Mm. This you can go, you can build any promotion at any time. Yeah, and it will, it will um, get a reaction when they appear. Yeah, it's great. I love it, and again, excited to see where they end up with it or what might happen in April. But you know, we went from that match to then what then became, as I say, my my next match of the night before the main event, but the um, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship match. Briscoe's taken on uh, OGK, Matt Tavern and Mike Bennett, who was then accompanied by Maria Canellis mm. Bennett, who came out. What a war, man. What an absolute war that was. So, so good. It does make me laugh with the Briscoe's family at ringside, because it was like basically one whole like <laughs> stretch of it. And I was like, man, if anyone's going to give Matt Hardy a run for their money, it's the Briscoe's, <laughs> in terms of just how many kids they've got. Mate... Oh, physical, physical. And there's one spot in particular, my God. So <laughs> I think it's, um, uh, I think it was Mark Briscoe, but he's, he's, he's hoisted up on the outside of the ring, I think by Mike Bennett um, for the Doomsday device. And then Tavern comes off of the, the rope from obviously inside the ring to the outside. And man, Mark Briscoe hits the floor hard. Jesus. Hard, but it was good. It was so physical this match, but um, yeah, new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions by the end of it. Twelve time champions in Ring of Honor, and considering they've been in Ring of Honor since the beginning, literally since the beginning. So it's yeah, it's a twelfth reign. I think thirteenth tag team reign, um, world title reign. Anyway, if you include the New Japan, yeah, the New that, Japan one they had. I think they had New Japan. Yeah. But yeah, 12th one for Ring of Honor. Um, again, awesome. And then they cut a prime at the end. We'll take on a new tag team. Because it could be the end for Ring of Honor. 
but it ain't the end of the Briscoes. No. We'll take any team on. Lights go out. Who comes out? FTR. FTR. And they have a brawl and, yeah, I was like, all right, let's go. But again, it's one of them things like, well, where are we going to see that then? Is that going to be on like a well Christmas special? Are we going to sit in AEW? There, like, was, there was that story after the Ring of Honor announcement that um, Briscoes were backstage at, at AEW Dynamite. So that could be what they were talking about. Wherever it is, I'm, I'll be watching that because <laughs> what a match that'll be. Dream match. It could be Triple A. Well, I don't know. I doubt it'll be Triple A. Did, did FTR beat Luchas and Triple A? Kind of... They did. They did. They did, yeah. They've retained the Triple A title. So, um, but yeah, really, <laughs> really, really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, those were the final three matches of the night, but. Adam. Didn't um, Parot, uh, what's her name? Parazzo. Yeah, Gianna Parazzo. I was going to j- just about to say, actually. So, women's uh, world title, which was Roxy defending against Willow Nightingale. Mm. Uh, Roxy is the, well, could be the first and only ever women's champion. Yeah, it did feel it, it did feel strange they'd done this tournament. And then, but then again, they did. They, well, I suppose they didn't know at the time. No, and once again, go back to WCW, they only just brought in the Cruiserweight tag titles two weeks before they... Uh, yeah. <laughs> But you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Roxy, again, she's probably going to go over to um, defend that wherever she's going to end up, I guess. And she's got a hell of a career. I mean, she's very young as well. She's so, 20, isn't she? Yeah, literally. So, well, I think she is. She's but yeah, she, she she defeats um, Willow. And yeah. Not Jeff Hardy. Deonna, Deonna Praza comes out. And it's like, look, uh, that's the title I, yeah, that basically belongs to me. So, I'll fight you for it. I don't know, again, I don't know when this is going to be held. I think it, they were saying like a Christmas special, so maybe. Wasn't it more like a winner-takes-all type thing? No, it just, it seemed like it was was just for the women's, the Ring of Honor women's title. So Diana Prazo is just saying like, that basically belongs to me. I should be having that. Um, So they're going to have a match for it, I guess. We'll see what happens. But depending on what happens there, you know, it could be some implications of where we're going to see that title end up in the future, you know, at least for a little while. But regardless, whoever whoever keeps it, they're going to wrestle somewhere else. So we're probably going to see it wherever it goes. But yeah. if it, again, like we said, if they use it. But yeah, that match, really fun. Like Willow's quite a fun character. She's quite unique and out there. Um, Roxy, if, if she didn't look so young, you wouldn't have thought like she's probably only been wrestling for however many years. It's, it's like... She's, she's really good. It's, it's like... Um, Cora Jade in NXT 2.0 she's 20 years old but she'd been wrestling for a while yeah was in AEW for about a minute but still it's like we say about Hook though it's just it's one of those where I think like if, if they can continue with the way they are then they're going to be great but no man like yeah just really really good and one of my other favourites for the night was the one before that Shane Taylor and Kenny King fight without honour match and Man, this was like this was kind of your no holds barred affair. There's a spot in this match that was fucking mental. So they cut they have the ladder set up between the barricade and the ring apron, right? Okay. And they're kind of stood at either side of it and they're slowly walking in uh, towards each other. And Shane Taylor's a big boy. Like he's a big boy. So the, the ladders are, you know, it's, it's wobbling a bit. You're like, oh, God. They've got people, like, kind of holding it on the barricade to make sure it doesn't slip and fall or whatever. Yeah, that's fine. 
and they're they're slugging it out. Um, Shane Taylor's taking shots from Kenny King. Kenny King's hitting him with some closed fists, and then Taylor just just smashes him with his head, big headbutt. He goes groggy, and then all of a sudden, this we're going for it. The fucking um, it's a package pile driver or whatever it's called. Getting him up for this pole driver, my God, through the ladder. But the ladder kind of just flips slightly. So they, like, (laughs) I'm laughing, but it was fucking crazy. Basically, it was a pile driver from the ladder to the floor. Uh And it looked like it fucking hurt. But it was amazing. Again, it was one of those things where you didn't see this type of match in the other matches. Right. You saw weapons used for other matches, but it was they did stuff here that wasn't done anywhere else on the show. So it's made this match feel special. Good. And again, this could easily be somebody's match of the night. They hug it out at the end as well. It's just an emotional night, man. But again, yeah, really good. Before that was the Pure Rules match, which I said, amazing. If you love that kind of stuff, then you love that match. I get it's not necessarily for everybody, but... you know. And then the opener, Dragon Lee... And um, Ray Horace, yeah, and that was a great match as well. Like genuinely, that probably could have been somebody's match of the night because it was really good. Um, Dragon Lee picks up the victory there, but then yeah, you have the four way for the um, well four corner survival match for the television title. Uh, Dalton Castle defended against Silas Young, uh, returning Joe Hendry and Rhett Titus, and Rhett Titus walks out the champ. Did Joe Henry do a special entrance? Because um, I know that I don't know, I've, I know I know who he is I know what he's about but I don't know Joe Hendry not like a special entrance it was just one of because he come back and he's he's looking kind of more I suppose jacked than he was right um, but I mean, it depends what you probably mean by special entrance really because his entrance theme is quite you know because I know he does like special entrance I know he did special entrances for like ICW and um... Dalton Castle, he gets one, obviously, but his entrance is always very flamboyant because the type of character he is. Mm. And the crowd, by the way, super, super behind Dalton Castle for the for this match. Super behind him. Um, but Rhett Titus, as I say, picks up the win and gets the You Deserve It chant at the end. So mm. there are titles that change hands on the show. Some people retain. Really, really good. The whole thing was booked incredibly... Um, well done throughout the entire thing. You had a mix. There was a really good mixture of commentary throughout the night. There were people coming and going. You had guest commentators for different matches. Obviously, of course, you had Brian Zane oh, there did, as well. Did. Brian Zane showed up. I th- I can't remember what match it was for though. Actually, but Brian Zane definitely commentated. I think for one match. I know Dan Housen did one match. Um, I don't know. I don't know which show if that was pre-show or not. I think that was probably pre-show. Which would be a bad idea because Danhausen's over. Danhausen is very over. Overall, man, this show emotional. But like I said, it easily I think my second favourite pay per view of the whole year. Ring of Honor killed it. Would absolutely recommend anybody go and watch the show. I just don't have anything bad to say about it at all. Fair enough. I wonder what would happen if it, when they. Um like Gresham, when he goes to like um, if he does an indie show somewhere, he will be named the Ring of Honor champion, won't he? Uh, well, yeah, you'd imagine so. The same as any of them, isn't it? Like yeah. Gresham. I have, I have a belief he'll be in Impact because he's he's um in a relationship with Jordan Grace. Well, there, there was a the three main promotions that were being talked about heavily through the night. 
and featured heavily if you include the Ring of Honor alumni were AEW, New Japan and Impact. Yeah. So, you know, chances are most of these guys are going to end up with, with those three. Um, whether or not it's exclusive or not, I don't know. But final thing to end it on, though, I promised I had a funny story about the Young Bucks. Go on. So you couldn't, you didn't see this live. I just saw this on Twitter. So someone in the crowd took a picture of, because the Young Bucks package comes after the uh, debut of tit- the Titan Adam Scher. Okay. An EC3 segment, right? So after they've beaten everybody up, they're kind of carrying them all to the back. And as they're carrying them all to the back, EC3 is following them. And obviously at this point, this is where the Young Bucks will appear on the screen and they're doing their, you know, like obviously Ring of Honor, we love these guys and blah, blah, blah. We wouldn't be where we are with it. Because that's, that's the gist of most of the packages, yeah. right? So <laughs> they're up on the screen and somebody's took this photo of EC3 just flipping them both off. <laughs> so I don't know if there's real life Heath there. I don't, I mean, I've never heard of any. Well, it's weird that he's not been in AEW yet. EC3. He's done, he's done all the other yeah, but I suspect again, though, it's one of those... If He's got that story that's working for him really well at the minute. Mm. And if you can't have that play a good role within AEW, it probably shouldn't be there. And plus, do that. You'd rather that, that story, again, as, as ironic as it is, because the story is about like being in control of your own narrative. Yeah. And um, does AEW need another faction? <laughs> no. Although uh, there were reports that Brian Danielson wants to create one. Well, okay. yeah, wasn't it? Isn't Brian supposed to be a mass wrestler as well? <sighs> I don't know about that. Oh, but we've got the whole chaos thing that could turn into a, a, an Okada appearance, and Rapongi Vice is now return of Trent Beretta and everything else. And again, Trent got a shout out. Beretta got a shout out. Nigel McGuinness shout out. He, he was another one actually. They paid homage to in that tag match I was on about. I was going to say. There's just so much. It's all fresh in my mind still, but I've not had any time to like make any major notes. So I've kind of just had to recall the whole thing like as my brain kind of took it all in. But which is weird because like I honestly I could sit there and it's one of those like sometimes when you do the podcast and you are trying to sort of sit yourself through something just so that you can talk about it. Yeah. And I'm, it was I think that's another reason I'm putting this so high. It was so refreshing to just watch the show and just like just enjoy the wrestling. That, and again, it's why like I'm not it's, you know it's a recap. It's not a, like my review is that yeah you should watch it. It was really good. I've got nothing bad to say yeah, about it's, it. It's not like um, you've watched the pay per view and forgotten the match actually happened like an hour after you've watched it. Yeah, I'll forget certain things. But like I say, there were so many standout moments, and every single match was top tier quality. Because it was top tier quality. I I always remember when I can't remember who who against but Sean Spears had a match on. I think it was um, Full Gear. Two uh Dustin Rhodes. Was it two years ago? Was it the Dustin Rhodes one? I think it might have been. And the I squash thought... match, squash match with the I think it was two years ago, not last year. But it was a match Sean Spears had. Joey Gillella. Yeah. Sean Spears versus Joey Gillella and literally like an hour later in the show, I was like I completely forgot about it. I do, I do remember it, but I didn't until you just mentioned it. Yeah, is it <laughs> There's always, there's always going to be a pay-per-view. It doesn't matter what company where there's a match happens and you go... There's Honestly, not not this one. No. That, genuinely, I, 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 I honestly mean that. And I know I've just watched it. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like there's pay-per-views where someone faces... There'll be two people facing each other one year and then the next year they'll be against each other again. Yeah. The, the thing... What, but what you're saying there about the Janela and Spears thing, though, 
there wasn't really there was kind of a story there wasn't there but it wasn't really like yeah. it wasn't great there's there's a story behind every match here every single match has something and mate i mean to be honest, you, you've got to watch it um i definitely would recommend that you you give it a go yeah. it's, it's really really good but yeah if you've um obviously for for listeners out there if you've watched it then let us know what you thought of the show but uh yeah i can't i can't wait really i can't wait and i hope that we're gonna see him back in in april oh definitely WrestleMania weekend would be the time they would get probably something together and obviously they'll announce it it won't be just like secret and- just got to keep your eyes on social media and stuff i guess but i don't know how it affects people on uh or, or currently with honor club as well mm. you know what you get in the meantime i'm not sure but uh let us know let us know and let us know what you thought of the show because i think that pretty much wraps us up for the week yeah, um, I want to I want to ask people who have listened to every episode, and obviously, it's, like we said, it's our fiftieth episode. And part of me thought we'd never get to like episode three. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and there's something against us like doing it. It's just like I didn't think anyone would be listening to us. To be honest, just maybe us three, and that'll be it. <laughs> but um, if there's any moment that people who who've been listening have they got their best moment? Or a favourite episode or segment. Oh, favourite episode, eh? From us. Like, like, if it's like a favourite episode, like my favourite episode was Scorpion King at review or... <laughs> it was never going to be that one. <laughs> or, or review of All Out or... <sighs> or maybe even like the last episode, like the best, your favourite moment was the best for Christmas and the, the buzzers and all that. That'll be coming back at some point, sure. Because I owe you. Well, you should know WrestleMania 11. I did, but I just—it was the wrong thing. The difference is the thing is because when you're under time pressure, like when you know that you're competing, I—it's just—it doesn't come to you properly. If I was just asked that question normally, like that, it'd have been fine. So if if I did it, if I if if um, because a few there was a few times in episodes where we did questions before the start of an episode, and I don't think anyone ever got a question right, did they? There, mm, there, there was. It was occasionally, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't often. But then again, the question was like, how long did Harko Holly and Cody Rhodes hold the tag titles for? Yeah, I know. Yeah, but there's going to be very few people out there that can was pull it, the number out there. Was it a week, there. or was it? You said it, I thought it was like two weeks. Yeah, and there was something I, like two hundred and two hundred. Never days. thought it was as long as it was, but yeah. But we'll yeah. probably talk. I mean, we've got we've only got a few more episodes now, uh, really, until the end of this year. Obviously, next week I am away, um, so. Ash and Jay, first time just the two of you, so try yeah. not to fight. No, it's, I'm telling you, it's going to get raw. It's going to get raw. What's uh, What have you got coming up next week? Slightly different. Well, yeah, um, it's kind of a retro review in a way, because we did SummerSlam 92 not too long ago. Well, not too long ago, about... Well, back in August, back yeah. Back in August time. I wanted to do another kind of retro review, and what I've bought, and ho- hopefully we're going to review this... <laughs> Is uh, the tenth anniversary of Raw award show that was on DVD? And it's nice. not. It's not on a network, so because uh, it's got like top ten moments of Raw up to that point, and it's got like the best talker, the rest of the decade, uh, stuff like that. And even even talk about like the stuff that's on the DVD deck extras. And I want to talk about the Easter eggs on DVD because that's something that's I don't think ever happens anymore. <laughs> Well, no, well, I won't now either. But no, I'm, is there any, I don't know if there's any like Easter eggs, like like said, like um, Spider-Man movie DVDs and like they used to back in the day. 
Yeah, there might be, I suppose. Maybe it was. It's an older thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, because one it's an older thing. because one of the things that it's come up now because obviously with Spider Man was there's an Easter egg on the first one. No, the second one. Sorry, where it's an Easter egg of Doc Ock actor singing "If I Was a Rich Man" because, <laughs> because he was at, after he did the movie, he was doing a stage production of uh, "Feather on the Roof." Nice. So obviously he's getting prepared. The more you know. Yeah. The more you know. Well, I'm looking forward to editing that one. <laughs> it's probably going to be half an hour, so don't worry about it. No, well, it'll be good to um, hear what you guys have got to say about that, because I I've, don't think I've ever seen that DVD, I had, actually, I but... did have it, because I did have a lot of DVDs back in the time, back in the day. It's, to be honest, it's probably my DVD I sold them, <laughs> <laughs> like, two years ago, and then it'll get sold. Oh, dear. But yeah, we've got that coming up. And then just before Christmas, we will be reenacting part two of our Christmas special. Last year, we had uh, recasted Star Wars, the the original trilogy, Mm. using wrestling personalities. And this year, we will be doing that once again, but for the prequel trilogy. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting one to see who we all come up with. Yeah. To be fair, there might be some wrestlers that we used for different characters before i think that's fine yeah, yeah it depends on it'll be it'll, yeah it's an interesting one this one but it's gonna be weird having young obi-wan kenobi compared to old obi-wan kenobi but who yeah who we would have for him but i'm, I'm looking forward to it it's always good fun nothing really <laughs> you know it's just light-hearted and that's what we want for christmas because we do we just need a bit of a light-hearted christmas don't we and yeah. then finally at the end of the year we will be uh recapping 2021 as a whole, having a look back at some of our best moments, some of our least favourite moments, and um, we're going to have a look at some of our predictions from the beginning of the year to see how many of them sort of came to fruition or how far off we were, really. I'm sure there's more that we predicted well than we did bad. But Yeah, I mean, I was saying that I really want to see Ring of Honor move into like big TV deals this year, and obviously that's kind of done a 180, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> aside from that, We'll, well revisit it all yeah, in that episode. And um, obviously me being the predictor king. Well, you can suck it. Anyway, <laughs> hope you enjoyed the episode, everybody. And if you have, you obviously know where you can find us, but we are on all major podcast platforms. But wherever you do listen to us, if you haven't already, please do follow uh, or subscribe, whichever the lingo may be. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please do give us a five-star review if you feel that we're worth it, because we're worth it. L'Oreal. You wouldn't know because you're going bald. But, um. Well, at least I don't have to wear a hat to the time. No, no, look, my hair's there, look. I've got, I've got hair. But yeah, we hope, obviously, wherever you are, you're having a great day. And thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us. But thank you once again. Ash, send him home. It's been me, Ash. It's, well, that was quick. Because yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I want to get home. <laughs> I've been Russ. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot, everybody. We will catch you next week on the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up. Well, me and Jay will, won't you? No, I won't. I will be away. Throwing axes, actually. Axe throwing. Okay. Just make sure you don't hit anyone. That's... No, well, I will do my best. Three men, three men. One ball, one ball. I did it. I did it. For the people, for the people.